your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everyone, welcome to this Monday afternoon episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Today's episode is brought to you by Bilt Bar. You can go to BiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. So, um, been what, three days since I last spoke to you all? What a win it was for the Penguins on Saturday night. I did not catch it most of the game live. Um, it was actually the first night of Passover. Um, for those that did not know, yes, I am Jewish. Yes, this is also the worst holiday in the world. For those that do not know what Passover is, um, as a Jew, you basically cannot eat bread or anything flour, pasta related, um, or honestly, I think dairy related for eight days. So um, my options are pretty limited because all I do eat is pasta, anything flour, bread, etc., etc. So, you know, this this really tests me. But honestly, I can't really ever go the full eight days just because I've run out of things to eat. I, I was probably going to get to Thursday because I go back to my girlfriend's and then I'll probably just break it then. So yeah, Passover sucks. It's basically the... Uh, big theme for this first minute of the podcast. But anyways, I was able to go back and rewatch the game and what a performance it was for the Penguins. They are now 5-2 and two against the New York Islanders this season, something that I don't think any of us, including myself, uh, saw coming this season with the way that the Penguins have struggled against that kind of team um, ever since, honestly, since the beginning of time, just because even during the Dan Bilesma days, the Mike Johnston era for just a little bit, the Penguins would always struggle. And of course, you know, in Mike Sullivan era a bit, they would always struggle against these very defensively sound teams. But um, the Penguins, even when even when healthy, I guess when they're not healthy like they are right now, they have the personnel to compete with the Islanders. And that game on Saturday, that showed me I think this team, when healthy especially, can take the Islanders in four out of seven games in a playoff series. Yes, I am there. After they got humbled in 2019 in embarrassing fashion with that sweep, then they got humbled again last year in 2020 against the Canadians, uh, three games to one. I think Mike Sullivan changed some things. The players obviously realized that you know to get to the Stanley Cup and to win the Stanley Cup, you're going to have to beat some of these very defensively sound teams. The Islanders do not play high event hockey. Everyone knows that. We've watched them seven games already. They play, of course, the eighth game tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern NBC Sports Network. It, it, they're a different team to play against. They don't give you a lot in the neutral zone and, honestly, in the defensive zone. But the Penguins, they, they had a lot of players out, and they were like, hey, you know what? If you want to play that kind of game, we'll do it. And they capitalized on their chances. It almost seemed like every puck that they threw on net – was going in, and Ilya Sorokin was, he's been one of the best goaltenders in hockey this year. I think in his last eight games, he's allowing one goal a game, um, but the Penguins blitzed him um, halfway through the first period. It's what, 3 nothing already? Um, you go to the, the second period, it's basically 5 nothing halfway through the game. Sorokin, I think, is pulled after that fourth goal. I think Varlamov only allowed one goal. He was pulled after the third or fourth goal. I think it was the fourth goal. Um, but, you know, they, they, they chased a goalie who has been pretty damn good this year. And I guess we'll just start, you know, with Frederick Goudreau. He was sensational again, and he needs to continue to get a look to see if he can be the 12th forward that this team desperately needs. Even when this team gets healthy, and, you know, God willing, they do get healthy. I think a little bit of reinforcements are coming back tonight. For those that did not see, Jason Zucker skated at the morning skate, took full contact, and I believe was on a line with Jared McCann and Evan Rodriguez. So, all signs point to him being back tonight, but if he's not out, look for him to be back on Thursday. So that's the first one. I'll touch on that a little bit more 
in a second. But I've just really been impressed with Goudreau's game. That was his what, what his first goal in a Penguin uniform, if I'm not mistaken. And now his third point in six games. Of course, he had that ridiculously awesome feed to Zach Aston Reese about a few days prior to that on that shorthanded chance. Um, but he's just, he's so great defensively. And again, he's only played six games, but he deserves a hell of a lot more leeway than someone like Mark Jankowski, who hasn't done anything since January. So again, another player that comes into the lineup, first, second game, even now six games, like I just said, and he's already pro providing a much more positive value to the team than someone who's been in the lineup basically every game this season. Of course, speaking of Jankowski, he did not play in that game. It looked like there was potential trade rumors circulating around that, but he was placed on the COVID list and I believe taken off that um, yesterday and as well as Brandon Tanev he was on the COVID list and then he was taken off but um, he is still not ready to play it but still very impressed with Freddie Goudreau um, I just I guess we'll get to Brian Russ now um, a hat trick his first hat trick of the season that is now 14 goals for Brian Russ and this has been a popular topic I've been uh, reading about listening to um, Jesse Marshall Mike Darnay and Pat uh, on the Dying Alive show for the Athletic it's probably one of the best Penguins podcast out there, Tip of the Iceberg. They also do great work as well. So I, I love hyping up everyone's work. Of course, Chad and Eddie with the 412 Sports Talk. Please go listen to all those, even though I know you all love coming back to my podcast, but I also want to promote other great content as well. But like I said, going back to the original point, you know, Brian Rust only has one year left on his contract. For those that are unaware, he makes $3.5 million per um, going into next year. So you probably need to extend him right about now. He's getting close to 30. A player like that, with how well that he's played the last two to three seasons, of course, he was almost a 30-goal scorer last year. He's probably going to be a 20-goal scorer again this year. Teams will pay for that. It would not be surprised if, if Brian Ross makes it to open market, and there's a chance that he does, there will no doubt be a team that goes six takes six times six for him. Six years, 36 million. Paying Brian Russ six million per year to his age 35 year, 36. Because of how great he's been these last couple of years. And yeah, you know, there's risk in giving someone like that a six-year contract. I mean, you hope that he can repeat what he's done the last couple of seasons, but also he's not playing with Sidney Crosby every night. He's not playing with Evgeny Malkin every night. But still, even away from those players, he's still done well. And He's transformed into a great two-way player, an all-around player, honestly, is the best way to describe it, these last few years. Because I remember, you know, when we first came into the league, you know, remember that Dom tweet that he had, you know, who the fuck is Brian Rust um, in the uh, 2016 Conference Final when he had both the goals in uh, Pittsburgh's 2-1 win over Tampa in Game 7. And, you know, the next year, he still played well, but, you know, people were like, okay, there's still room for improvement. And then 2017-18 games, still the same thing. And then all of a sudden, last year, 27 goals. I mean, basically, this season, he's playing at a 36-goal, 72-point pace in 82 games. And here's a stat for you all. So, NHL underscore watcher, um, great account to follow on Hockey Twitter. This is one hell of a stat. 35 goals. 77 points in his last 82 regular season games dating back to last season. So at 3.5 million per season, the Penguins have a point per game player just about on a bargain of a contract. That is just how good Brian Rust has been the last two seasons and why the Penguins cannot afford to lose him. He needs to be protecting the expansion draft. And honestly, after this season, he needs to be signed to an extension. This is a player that they cannot lose after next season. I know there's going to be a lot of changes 
after next season anyway. Obviously, Malkin's contract is up, but you expect him to be extended. Latang's contract is up. You expect him to be extended. I think Kapanen's contract is up. Maybe he doesn't get extended, but Brian Rust is also up too. If you can lock in three of those four, and I know the team is cap strapped right now, and maybe they can move someone like Mike Matheson or Marcus Pedersen to make it happen, um, it, 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 ha- it needs to just be a thing because this team cannot afford to lose Brian Rust with how well he has played the last couple of seasons and how much he means to this team. You can put him... Any situation, penalty kill, even strength, power play. He is one of the most underrated players in the league. And the fact, I know I said it just a couple seconds ago, the fact that he has basically been a point-per-game player over the last 82 games and he's making $3.5 million per, um, that is a flat-out steal. And I will praise Jim Rutherford for that contract because that is one of the best contracts league-wide. So kudos to Jim Rutherford for doing that as the Penguins general manager. I know he did a lot of bad stuff, but you know he did bring the Cups here and he did sign that awesome Brian Russell extension for $3.5 million per. So I did have to shout him out for that. But, okay, we still have a lot to talk about in regards to this game. But before we do that, it is time to talk about Bilt Bar Madness. We are getting very close to finding out who is the best Bilt Bar. Today's matchup is a damn good one. Caramel Brownie versus Coconut Brownie Chunk. I believe that is one of the final four matchups. Tomorrow's one, when I do an episode, it'll be Cookies and Cream versus Cookie Dough Chunk. Excuse me. Then Wednesday, Mint Brownie is going to get the winner of Caramel Brownie versus Coconut Brownie Chunk. And then Thursday, April 1st, on April Fool's Day, is the national championship for Built Bar Madness. You can go to BuiltBar.com or bar underscore built on Twitter to vote. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at L.O. underscore Penguins. So, already touched on Freddie Goudreau's awesome game. Already touched on Brian Russ. Let's get to the captain. You know, there can never be too much of Sidney Crosby talk. He gets another point. I believe he's now number six um, league-wide in scoring, you know, almost back to where he belongs at number one. I'm just kidding. He's not, He ain't catching number one, who, of course, is Connor McDavid. And to put that in perspective for everyone, Connor McDavid has 62 points in 30-something games. So he's been awesome. Drysdale's at 53, Kane's at 48, Mitch Marner 42, Shifley, Huberto 40. And then there's a four-way tie uh, with Ranton and Matthews, Crosby, and Mark Stone. So if Sid gets a few points tonight, um, he can be fourth um, overall in league scoring. He'll be a couple points potentially behind Marner. Then there's Kane like, and Drysdale, then of course McDavid. No one's going to touch McDavid. McDavid's probably going to win the Hart this year. If he does not win the Hart trophy, um, just disband that overall. But like I said, going back to Sidney Crosby, um, he has really put the Penguins on his back ever since um, these injuries or this wave of injuries really started. In his last five games alone, Crosby has 10 points. Um, if you go back um, even further... Um, he had a couple goose eggs before that, but before those two games where he did not have any points, um, he had a, he had points in six of his last seven games. So he has been on a real heater, um, for these last 12 to 13 games. And he's almost scoring every game now. His goals in three of his last four games before that, you know, goals in four of his last five after a few goose eggs against the Devils and the Bruins. So, um, it has been a hell of a season for Sidney Crosby and just watching his defensive work on the ice too. He's just been diving for so many more pucks. 
just back-checking like crazy. I really hope that people start to give him more Selkie trophy love. He's finished, I think, top five a couple times for the Selkie. Well, excuse me, he finished top five once uh, for the Selkie. That was 2019 when he got fourth. He's finished ninth overall in the Selkie before seventh. Um, hopefully this is the year that we do see Sidney Crosby um, get to be a Selkie uh, finalist. I think that would be the first time throughout his career that he has been nominated for the Selkie. It would probably be him, Sean Couturier, and Patrice Bergeron is my guess right now. Um, but honestly, if I had a vote on the PHWA, those would be my three, at least, just because of how great Couturier has been as well. And Bergeron's obviously one of the best defensive centers in the league as well. But watch what Sidney Crosby does on a nightly basis defensively. Like I said, his back-checking is so great. Even his penalty killing. And we, Everyone that watches the Penguins knows. Sidney Crosby does not kill penalties very often. He can do them, and he's pretty decent at it, but for obvious reasons, they want to not play him out there so they can have him rested for the power play and 5v5. But when called upon these last five to six games, ever since Brandon Tanev and Teddy Bluger have been out, he's been excellent as a penalty killer. In fact, in the last five games that Brandon Tanev has been out, the Penguins have won four of the last five. The penalty kill is 17 for 17. So a huge turnaround for the penalty killers. And who would have thought that it would come as Teddy Bluger and Brandon Tanev go out, who of course are their two best penalty killers. And then Sidney Crosby comes in and starts killing penalties um, with a lot more regularity. And I'll say it again for those that have not heard me say this take before. Penalty killing is not some defined skill in quotation marks. Any player can do it. A bad player can do it. I mean, Mark Jankowski can go out there and do it. He's like that, that coach's defensive player who he can do that, but nothing else. You can have Sidney Crosby do it, who is a top five player league-wide. You can have Jake Gensel do it, who is one of the five best pure goal scorers in hockey. You can have Brandon Tanev do it, who's one of the fastest players on the team. Teddy Luger, a very defensively responsible player who can also chip in offenses and having one of his best offensive seasons for his career thus far before he got hurt. You can put Zach Aston Reese out there, obviously. His defensive metrics are through the roof, but he also is contributing a lot at even strength this year as he already has, what, seven goals, eight goals on the season, something like that. So it's not some like, predefined skill for a certain kind of player. Anyone can go out there and do it, and you're seeing the rewards right now by putting other players out there. They're now 100%, 17 for 17, the last five games that Tanev and Bluger have been out. So... The PK sometimes is not going to be bad when two regulars go out because you can put other players on there and they know how to do the job because a lot of them have done it in the past. They just don't do it very often for obvious reasons like I just pointed out for Sidney Crosby and Jake Gensel. He's the same way. Gets a lot of power play time and a lot of even strength time. And of course, you know, Sid's goal against the Islanders, just awesome how he was able to put it between the legs of that Islanders defender. I think it was Wallstrom, I think, on the power play. I'm going to have to double check that, but um, Sorokin really wasn't even playing goal on that play. He was so far out of his net, it wasn't even funny, but a great goal from Sid there. Uh, the goaltending for the Penguins, Tristan Jari, again, another very solid start. 29 saves on 32 shots. He gets the start again tonight. For Pittsburgh, and rightfully so. I mean, he played a really good game. The three goals that the Islanders scored, I'm not going to pin on Jari. I mean, the game was 5 nothing halfway through. Of course, Pittsburgh's going to play a little bit of prevent defense. I mean, that's basically a 35 nothing lead um, in football. And then, of course, you know, I know they were able to get it to 35-21 in football terms, 5-3. to Of course, in hockey terms, 
with about two minutes left, but I mean, the Islanders were never really threatening to win the game. It was kind of annoying that the Islanders scored three goals after the Penguins put up five on them halfway through the game. But like I said, I mean, when you, when you go up five goals, a lot of teams are going to play prevent defense for a little bit of it. Um, Barzell kind of dusted Latang on the first one, but you know, I'm not really going to really care about that. The game was over by that point. And I'm going to touch a lot on Chris Latang in the next segment. That's actually going to take up a lot of what the next segment is going to be about because we need to really talk about how well Chris Tang has been playing lately. I'm going to throw some numbers out there for you all on that. And then the second and third goals, you know, whatever. But like I said, Jari, another great start. He's continuing to move up with his stats. And I'll keep saying he needs to continue to play this way if the Penguins have any shot of competing in these Stanley Cup playoffs, even though they basically are a lock to get there at this point with how Philadelphia and even Boston. Um, for those that are annoyed that the Penguins um, have lost two of three to the Devils, uh, I'll say this to you all. Uh, the Devils are 4-0-1 against Boston this season. In other words, the Bruins have just one point in five games against the Devils this season, and they are the seventh place team in the East Division. So that is ridiculously embarrassing for the Bruins, but I think they're also battling some injuries right now. And oh yeah, their defense is basically Charlie McAvoy, Mackers, like, and a bunch of sub-replacement level defenders. I honestly can't even name another defender on that blue line just because of how bad it is. And oh yeah, they're also, um, Tukaras is out for a little bit now, so we'll have to see the Penguins see him later this week or if we're going to get a double dose of Yaroslav Halak. But all right, that will wrap up this segment of the Locked on Penguins podcast. Like I said, when we come back, we're going to touch a lot on Crystal Tang from that game and preview tonight's game as well. Before we do that, it is time to talk about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has your cover for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up for. You can head to the website or use your mobile device. Sign up today and receive your 50% off. Welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts, with the promo code LOCKEDON at BetOnline.ag. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, at L-O underscore Penguins. So let's get to some Crystal Tang talk. Um, I really do believe this is the best hockey we've seen from Tanger since 2015-2016, where, you know, basically should have been a Norris finalist. Um, The fact that he was only fourth that season is basically a joke. 67 points in 71 games, had 16 goals that year too. That's tied for his career high. So far this season, 27 points in 34 games, almost a point per game pace. And in his last five games, Five points in those last uh, five games. So, like I said, averaging a point per game almost this entire season. If you go look at some of the underlying numbers, um, his evening strength offense, um, plus 0.03 expected goals per 60, plus 1% after his even strength offense. There's a lot of red um, towards the circles. Um, even if you look at his uh, defensive impact, it's around plus 0.15. usually want to be in the minus, but... He's taken away a lot of the prime scoring chances. He's given up a little bit in front of the net on even strength defense. But, you know, he has just been a rock for the Penguins this year. And, you know, I know other people have said it, and I agree. I know that this team will go as far as Chris Letang takes them. I know Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin are the two big guns for this team. And, you know, I should say the same thing. They go as far as um, those two take them as well. But it really... 
um, hits home for Latang because without him in the lineup, this team is not going to go anywhere. Spare me the 2017 talk. Yes, I understand the Penguins won the Stanley Cup that season, but they also rode a very high PDO percentage during the playoffs that year, and they had 937 goaltending. I mean, it's probably not going to happen again for this team if they had Chris Latang out for the whole playoffs. I mean, obviously, it's awesome that they won the Cup without him, but more likely than not, you know, 99% of the time, you want Chris Latang in your lineup when the playoffs roll. And honestly, I shouldn't even say 99% of the time. 100% of the time, you want Chris Letang in your lineup when the playoffs roll around. And just seeing his play at both ends of the ice, he's shooting the puck a lot more this season. You know, I don't, I don't usually like when he just passes the puck around a bit too much. I know he's a playmaking defenseman. He's just trying to make the perfect play. But sometimes less is better. And like I said, he's been firing the puck a lot more. And that's leading to a lot more scoring chances. And even defensively, when he makes a mistake, he always gets back to cover it or... You know, his defensive partner in Brian Dumoulin is right there as well. You know, ever since Brian Dumoulin has come back, Crystal Tang's game has gotten even better. I think with Dumoulin in the lineup this season, the Penguins are 14-4-2. and and Do not sugarcoat that. Yes, I understand this segment is meant to say that Crystal Tang is enjoying a very spectacular season, but Dumoulin being next to him is so crucial in so many ways. And the biggest one is that he lets Latang be himself. And I think that get, gets lost on some people that watch the games and like watch Chris Letang on a nightly basis. And you know, hmm, I wonder with the Letang haters, they're not saying anything when he's enjoying some of the best hockey of his career right now, but God forbid he makes one error on a game night, like like the Barzell one. Oh my God, trade Chris Letang, he's terrible. Oh my God, this. Oh my God, that. It's just like, you people are so miserable. That is so annoying to watch hockey with some people in this fan base because they'll always have to nitpick what happens with Chris Letang. How about you just enjoy what he's doing right now and praise him for the season that he's having. And I'll admit it. I was dogging on Chris Tang earlier in the season because I call it how it is. He was absolute dog shit. There was no sugarcoating it. He was a mess in the offensive zone. He was in the mess in the defensive zone. But these last four to six weeks, he has really turned around at both ends. Look at his work on the penalty kill. He's getting to lose pucks at a very high rate, getting the clears, and he's always in the shooting lanes Virtually every time a player winds up for a shot. So, I mean, he's just he's doing it all right now for the Penguins. And here's some more numbers from courtesy of Natural Statric. So, at even strength this season, um, 618 minutes, 34 games. His possession's around 50%. Goals for 26. Goals against 19 for high danger, 14 for 14 against. His on-ice shooting percentage is 8.39. So, a little bit of a decrease from last year was around 9%. His on-ice save percentage this year, I mean, that's a big one. You know, the goalies are making saves this year around 940. Last year, it was 905. Um, scoring chance, 4 percentage, 49%, a bit of a decrease from last year, 52.3%. But also, his numbers were pretty shitty earlier on in the season. So I totally expect him to get back to where we've seen him um, in previous seasons where he was at 52, 54, 55% um, in these last 20 games. Obviously starting a lot in the neutral zone and the offensive zone as well. But I've just, I've really been impressed with Latang these last four to six weeks and I don't see a lot of people talking about it, which is annoying just because he's the best defenseman in this franchise history. Well, that's played for this franchise longer than three to four years outside of Paul Coffey. 
And he does so many things on a nightly basis that people just don't care to talk about because they have an agenda against Chris Letang. But he is leading their defensive corps right now. I know Brian Dumoulin is playing well. As well, John Marino continues to play better next to Marcus Pedersen. Mike Matheson is total chaos. And, of course, Cody Cece. Cannot forget about him. He's been a rock this year for the Penguins as well. But, like I said, I can't say enough how well Chris Letang has been this season for Pittsburgh and I hope it continues um, for tonight's game. Remember, 7 p.m. Eastern on NBC Sports Network, and then the road ahead, the Penguins will have two more games in Boston as they'll try to win for the first time in Boston in seven years, Thursday and Saturday. Saturday's game is a 1 o'clock one. Thursday's game is 7 o'clock. And I think on Thursday I'm going to do um, the weekly locker room. It'll either be during part of the game or it'll be right after 30 to 40 minutes along those lines. So that'll do it for today's episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'll have the recap episode for you all um, for Monday night's game on Tuesday. And I will talk to you all then. Hope you all have a great rest of your night. And we'll see if the team can get another win tonight against the Islanders.